This is our third week, but our second week proper um, in the Psalms of Ascent, working through Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And uh, last week we looked at Psalm 120, uh, which was uh, a song to lead us through battle. And this morning we're going to look at Psalm 121, a song to guide through vulnerability, a song to guide through vulnerability. I, a woman in my 20s working for a Christian organization, have thought about walking away from my faith. I don't just mean fleeting doubts. I mean, Jesus, are you even really worth following? To be honest, it often doesn't feel like it to me. Most of the time, it seems easier not to be a Christian. So why should I keep following Jesus? These are the words of my friend and my colleague, Sarah Davis, one of Cornerstone's missionaries working for a campus ministry in Montreal. She then goes on to say this. I was working for a Christian organization, telling students about Jesus and feeling like a fraud while doing it. While I believe the gospel was true for them, I was no longer sure that it was true for me. Now, this isn't the whole of the story. There is uh, hope, and she writes a wonderful article about, um, about a renovated faith um, But Sarah here is a a great example of vulnerability. Now, here's the thing. When I read Sarah's words, which seem largely negative, I'm not actually discouraged. I'm encouraged. Why is that? I think it's because someone exposing their vulnerability gives me the permission to be vulnerable. Last week, I finished our message by saying, you aren't the only one struggling, so why not struggle together? And that, my friends, is the heart of Church 414. And that, my friends, is the heart of the Psalms of Ascent. It's struggling, but struggling together. So why is it so hard for us to share from our vulnerability? Well, when I'm vulnerable, I feel exposed. I feel like I'm out on a limb. I feel like a hockey goalie when everyone else from my team is over there, down that end of the ice. Um, You know, when I'm alone or... Or I feel like a rugby player when it's just me uh, in between the other team's massive winger and our try line. Being vulnerable is scary. It's not a nice feeling. And I remember feeling vulnerable when my family left Canada to join the Logos Hope in the Philippines. It was a community that we'd never met on a ship ship that we'd never visited in a country that we'd never been to. I also felt vulnerable when I, when, I, when I came back to Cornerstone after four years away when I started as lead pastor in this place with all of its responsibilities. And even now as pastor, I have worries and anxieties. Right now, for example, quite regularly I find myself asking God, how am I doing as pastor? Am I leading in the right way? Is this how to pastor during a pandemic? Am I doing the right thing? Is the direction that we're heading as a church the way that you want us to go, Lord? And these are all questions that run through my head. And these questions tell me that I'm vulnerable. 
You can feel vulnerable when it's your first day um, in the office or school and you don't know anyone yet, or when you're called into the headmaster's office, head teacher's office, or into HR and you're not really sure why. Those things lead you to feel vulnerable. You feel vulnerable when you're waiting for the doctor to call you back with the results of the test, or when the police pull you over and you can see the officer walking towards you in your rearview mirror. That's vulnerability, that's feeling exposed. And at that moment that we're vulnerable, we, we feel conflicted. We want to protect ourselves, but at the same time, we also want to know that we're not alone. And that's why when I'm vulnerable, I pray. When I feel exposed, somehow my prayer life is so much more urgent and rich. When we're vulnerable, we pray. And I suggest that perhaps God allows us to feel vulnerable because it's then that we turn to him. Because when we're vulnerable, we know that we need him, right? And I think that God's father heart melts in those moments, just like my heart melts when my girls need their father just to hold them because they've woken up with nightmares. And that's why on our journey through life, we need to give voice to our vulnerabilities. And that, for me, is what Psalm 121 is. It's a song to lead us through vulnerability. Psalm 121 is a song that says it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to realize that that what I need cannot be found in here. That what I need can only be found in the Lord. We all need to outsource our hope to God. So let's read Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 1 shows the pilgrim lifting his eyes up to the mountains. Now, is he looking up in fear, maybe because of the fear of the bandits that that may or may not be there? Or is he looking up and maybe measuring the incline and wondering how long and steep the journey is and whether he has what it takes to make it? I don't think so. In this context, I think that looking up should be understood as a sign of hope. Psalm 123 says this, I lift up my eyes to you, to God. When we look up, we're looking in the right direction. Because looking up in this context is looking at God. You know, so the pilgrim asks, uh, where does my help come from? He's looking at the mountains, but then he's looking beyond the mountains. Where does my help come from? Now, when I'm hill walking in Wales, um, often we use mountains as reference points. Why is this? Because mountains stay in the same place. You don't look at Mount Snowdon, the uh, highest point in Wales, and say, Hey, Snowdon, have you done something different? Since I last saw you, have you changed somehow? Is there something new? 
No, mountains don't do something different. The mountain you see today is the same mountain that you saw from paintings in the 1800s. Mountains are symbols of permanence, of stability, of trustworthiness. But the one who made the mountains, the maker of heaven and earth, is infinitely more trustworthy, unchangeable, constant, and consistent, right? So the psalmist is using his natural surroundings as a lens through which to look at God. Creation is a signpost that points to God. You look at creation and through creation and beyond creation to see the creator. Now as the psalmist looks at the mountains and beyond the mountains to the maker of heaven and earth, and as he looks at the journey ahead of him, he sees three dangers, three, three potential vulnerabilities in front of him. And identifying dangers or vulnerabilities is so key, right? We will never ask for help if we don't see our need for help. And if we don't ask for help, then we won't experience God's help. We will... We shouldn't assume that we, that we will experience God's help if we don't ask for it. And so here's the crazy thing. When you admit your vulnerability, you are opening up yourself to God's strength. Which is why that the people who are most obviously frail or who are most aware of their weaknesses are often the ones who are the strongest because they are continually inviting God to shore up their vulnerability. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10. So with that in mind, let's look at these three vulnerabilities. Okay, the first vulnerability is personal failing. Personal failing. When faced with personal failing, God is our support. Let's read Psalm 121 verse 3. It says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, personal failings refer to those things that you struggle with. Maybe it's a habitual sin. Maybe it's simply a weakness that you've experienced for months or even years. Maybe it's something that you've never been able to shake and so you keep tripping over it and it keeps causing you to stumble. Now the good news according to these verses is that when we are at risk of stumbling, God watches over us. Now I can't tell you how many times I've been walking in Limerick Forest or on, or on Limekill Trail or Marlborough Forest and a root or a stone catches me and I twist my ankle. Reminds me of a song from my childhood. What if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Will the love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble and what if I fall? What if? What if? Can I fail too many times? Can I out-sin God's grace? And the fear of falling 
can be paralyzing and it can cause you to stop walking, which is why we need to know that God will not let our foot slip. God is always there to pick us back up again. Psalm 94 verse 18 says this, When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So where is our hope when we are falling? God's unfailing love. His unfailing, unfailing love. His love that does not fail. Now, here we see that that in in Psalm 94, verse 18, there's a connection between stumbling and anxiety, right? The psalmist says, when anxiety was great within me, your, your, your consolation brought me joy. And the promise here is that in the midst of of stumbling through anxiety, that God's consolation will bring us joy. Um, When we stumble, it threatens to steal our joy. You know, a twist in the ankle can make you want to end the hike early and go home. And a twist in your soul can uh, lead to anxiety or fretting. And this can lead you to want to give up. But the thing that supports you in that moment of your weakness is God's unfailing love. Amen. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.39 And the promise here is that God is watching over you. Yes, he's watching over us all. Or as it says uh, in Psalm uh, 121, he who watches over Israel. But he's also watching over you with with this love that can never separate you. That means that you will never be separated from Christ. And the good news is that according to Psalm 121, God never never trades watches with anyone. God is never off shift. God never takes a personal day. God is never napping. He's never snoozing. He's alert and he's watching and he's ready to support you and to bring you consolation. And since God is always on the clock, you can feel free occasionally to clock out. When faced with personal failing, God is our support. Hallelujah. The second way that God helps us is this. When faced with external circumstances, God is our shade Verse 5 and 6 says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, if we stumble, like in verse 3 and 4, it's reasonable that we, that we can maybe blame ourselves. If I didn't see the root in the ground, then it's kind of my fault, right? But when it comes to the sun shining, well, I have no control over that, right? And so these are the circumstances, these are the elements that are outside of our control that threaten to to sap us or to burn us or to drain us. These are the big things. These are the circumstances around us, the things, like I said, that we have no control over, world events, long-term sickness, things like this. You see, if I trip over a stone, like in verse 3 or 4, I will twist my ankle. But if I'm out under the sun for too long without any protection, I will die. 
I uh, once remember running in a half marathon, not officially running or anything. I just ran around North Gore, and it happened to be the length of a half marathon. You know, and the question is why? Well, I just wanted to see if I was able to do it, and so I did. And it's not one of the smartest things I've ever done. You know, I didn't have running shoes on. I didn't bring any water with me. I just started running Forrest Gump style. And uh, towards the end of the run, which now, if I'm honest, was more of a trip, stumble, walk than a run, uh, I remember feeling that, that, that I was starting to go out of my mind. My, my eyes could not focus. I was overheating. My uh, face was radi radiating heat like a bonfire. Now, I don't know what it's like to get sunstroke, and I'm not sure what I had that afternoon, but I know that it wasn't good. What I needed was shade. And when we're faced with external circumstances, things outside of our control, God promises to be our shade. He's the shade at our right hand. Now, this phrase has a bit of a military feel to it. You'd have your shield in your left hand and your sword in your right hand. And so you need to know with you know, that someone is on your right hand with their shield watching your flank. And they need to know that someone is on their right hand with their shield watching their flank. And that's that. That's this sense which we get here is that the Lord is your shade at your right hand. He's there right with you in the heat of the battle. This is the God who has your six. This is the God at your right hand. He's the shade who protects you from the sun during the day and from the moon by night as well. Okay, I understand being shaded from the sun during the day, but I've never got moon, moon burn. I've never had to put on moon screen. So what's the danger from the moon? Well, we aren't exactly sure, but in ancient times, there was this idea of being moonstruck or losing your mind because of the influence of the moon. It's, uh, it's a similar way that in English, uh, you know, the word lunatic comes from the word lunar or the word moon. And so what I know is that as we age, many of us are afraid of losing our mental faculties, that we're afraid of uh, losing our, our sense of self, that we're afraid of mental illness, we're afraid of losing control, of suffering from Alzheimer's or maybe dementia or mental illness, you know. We're afraid of these things because they're outside of our control. But... But what I want to, you to hear is that according to Psalm 121 verse 5, that God's faithfulness does not diminish as our capacities fail us. God's faithfulness does not diminish as our capacities fail us. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. And so, friends, if this is your fear, then know this, that the Lord watches over you. The Lord watches over you. When external circumstances outside of your control threaten to overwhelm your life, then the Lord watches over you. Amen? We're told that the Lord watches over us five times in this short psalm. And so God wants you to know in this psalm that he's watching over you. He's looking out for you. He's interested. He cares. He loves you. And those things that are outside of your control, the sun and the moon, 
Well, God is bigger than them, which leads us to vulnerability three. When faced with life and eternity, God is our keeper. First, when faced with personal failings, God is our support. Sorry, this is a bit mixed up here. But when faced with personal failings, God is our support, right? Secondly, when faced with external circumstances, God is our shade. And then verse 7 and 8, when faced with life and eternity, God is our keeper. It says, the Lord will keep you. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. You see, the psalmist has gone from the terrestrial in verse 3, you know, the stones under your feet um, in verse 3 and 4. And he's, he then moves on to the cosmic in verse 5 and 6, you know, to the sun and the moon. And now he's moving on to the eternal in verse 7 and 8. He goes from the terrestrial to the cosmic, then to the eternal. And it's in these verses that the psalmist uses his most absolute language. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Praise God. Verse 7 and 8 tells us that in Christ, God has got us. In Christ, we are secure and safe. In Christ, your soul is untouchable. It's protected. Nothing is left out in this verse. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. What a wonderful image from Deuteronomy 33. You know, can you imagine being a being a pilgrim, walking towards Jerusalem and singing this song and reminding yourself that in your personal failings that God is your support, that in your external trials that God is your shade and that in light of life and eternity that God is your keeper. And so you trip over a root and you keep singing and you feel the heat of the sun on your face and you keep singing. And you feel the moon at night playing tricks with your mind and you choose to keep singing. And so we tell ourselves, just keep singing, just keep singing, just keep singing, just keep singing. We're all pilgrims. We're all on a journey where we are all in between our coming into the world, as verse 7 and 8 says, and our going out of the world. And so let me ask you this, are you walking through your vulnerabilities alone or are you walking with Christ and each other? Are you dealing with your internal struggles and stumbling alone or are you trusting Jesus to support you? Are you looking at the external circumstances and is your heart sinking? Are you losing hope or are you looking at what's going on in the world, at those things that are outside of your control and are you saying, the Lord watches over me. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. 
Are you looking at the sun at these physical trials? Are you looking at the moon at these, at these mental trials? Whether yours or someone that you love, someone who's close to your heart, and are you losing hope? Or in Christ, are you saying that these things will not harm me? Ultimately, in Christ, these things will not harm me. And as you look at your life, these that that uh, you know, as, as you look at this time that you have on earth, and then and then as you look at eternity afterwards, do you have the conviction to say that in Christ the Lord will keep me from all harm? He will watch over my life. The Lord will watch my coming and going, both now and forevermore. Friends, in life, we, um, we all face these three vulnerabilities, our personal failings, circumstances outside of our control, and the fear of life and eternity. And we, can, and, uh, we have a choice, right, which is either to allow these vulnerabilities to really define us, or we can allow Jesus in to support us and to grant us shade and to eternally keep us. We have two options. Option one, we can fixate on the rocks beneath our feet and the sun and the moon over our heads. Or option two is that we can, we can acknowledge that those rocks and those roots are there and the sun and the moon is there. And we can still choose to sing our journey song. This song that guides us through vulnerability. This song that says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.